0: Legal Toolkit with Jared Korea. Today, we bring back one of our favorite segments, live from the Playroom. We're joined by special guest, Mark Oblinger, because sometimes we just have to do something awesome. But first, your host, Jared Korea.
1: The Legal Toolkit podcast is coming at you right about now. Hope you've had your rabies shots. And yes, it's still called the Legal Toolkit podcast, even though I have no idea what a Moog synthesizer is or does. Wait, was it invented by Andy Moog? Anyway, I'm your host, Jared Korea. Both the captain and Tennille were unavailable, so you're stuck with me. I guess that makes me the sergeant, maybe? I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys and bar associations. Find us online at redcavelegal.com. I'm the CEO of Gideon Software, a law firm intake platform. You can find out more about Gideon at gideonlegal.com. Now, before we get to our conversation with our second ever musical guest, that's right, it's going to be pretty sweet, Mark Oblinger, I want to talk to you about Riding solo. So as I mentioned, we're about to have our second ever live on replay concert here at The Legal Toolkit. I'm really excited about it. I hope you enjoy it. Mark Oblinger, singer, songwriter, and podcast engineer, you'll find out more about that, will be our guest. Now, Mark's going to play solo for us, and he remarked when he was doing that, that that was really difficult to do when you usually play with a band. Now, I don't really know about all that because I can't play any musical instruments, which kind of forecloses my opportunity to ever be part of a band. However, it got me thinking that it's also hard to leave a law firm and start a solo law practice. So what do you need to know before you leave the sweet embrace of law firm employment and strike out on your own? Probably more, but at least five things. Number one, you gotta pay your taxes. And you're probably thinking, oh right, Of course you have to pay your taxes, dumbass. Well, you might be surprised. I know a lot of people who are sole attorneys, and I know that it's often a real surprise how much you have to pay in taxes and also how hard it is to allocate tax payments throughout the course of the year because you got to pay estimated taxes. I see people pay under. I see people who have not paid at all. I see people who ignore their tax liability for years. Like, it happens. Trust me. Trust me. And I know, it's lawyers. They're supposed to understand the regulations. But that doesn't mean they always follow them. So, when you own your own business, you need to be paying the taxes on that business. You need to make estimated tax payments. Good idea to do it on a quarterly basis. Pretty easy to do that online for the federal system as well as through your state tax liabilities, if you have them, if you have a state that has state income tax. I live in Massachusetts, so of course we have state income tax as well. But pay your taxes. Like, it's, it's an important thing. And you want to allocate, at the very least, probably about, you know, 30% for federal and 5 to 10% for state, depending on where you're at. Good times. Okay, number two, create a price sheet. Now, this might seem like another no-brainer. But when you're solo and you're having money conversations for the first time, really, because if you were at a firm before, you weren't necessarily having those money conversations. It's tough. It's very difficult to stare somebody down on a Zoom call or in a meeting at your office and be like, hey, here's these prices. Because a lot of attorneys I talk to, they have imposter syndrome. They think they charge too much, even though a lot of them don't charge enough it's a difficult thing for them to stick to those prices. So having a price sheet in place forces you to do that. It's okay to discount if you want to, but also add the discounts to the price sheet so you're not doing it on an ad hoc basis. Like if you were open a convenience store, you'd have to have prices listed for everything. Do the same thing for your law firm. Plus, an advantage over a convenience store is you don't have to do inventory. Number three, understand your technology. This is a issue that a lot of lawyers have which is they like to offload stuff because they're so busy all the time and a lawyer's idea of offloading something is never to pay attention to it again <laughs> so you offload your billing your accounting you don't want to look at it you offload your technology platforms oh somebody else is going to manage it for me i don't have to worry about it maybe you have an admin person who's theoretically going to do that for you it doesn't matter you need to understand the technology you're using so that you can A, better utilize it, and B, employ it in the right way in your practice. If you don't do it correctly the first time, you're going to be creating a ton of workarounds. You're probably not going to be using the software to the fullest extent of its capabilities. So it's something you really need to dig down. in. Like this is a place where you don't want to take shortcuts. And if you've got some time before you leave your firm and start another one, then you'll have some time to think about the technology you're going to use and how you're going to deploy it. Do not take the shortcut here. Number four, this is another tough one. You need to become a salesperson. You remember um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Only uh, closers get coffee. Well, that's you now because you actually have to close business. No one's handing you work anymore. So you got to be the one at the initial consultations. You got to be the one quoting prices. You got to be the one to close the deal. And it's a really hard thing to do. Like, lawyers don't view themselves as salespeople, but really they are. Every business owner is a salesperson. You need to close deals to make money. And while lawyers don't necessarily use that terminology, they use euphemisms instead, that's really what it comes down to. So if you have no idea what it's like to close business and become a salesperson, you better train yourself up pretty quick. And there's no shame in reading books or taking courses on how to do it. Number five. You need to build systems. So if you're gonna run a law firm, the way you make the most money is to be as efficient as possible. And the way to become as efficient as possible is build systems, workflows for everything, for intake, for substantive case management, for administration, for closing a file. If you think about how to add value to your firm as an asset, and you should be thinking of your firm as an asset, if you're building a business, it's just like any other business, you wanna increase the value of the asset, what you should be doing is thinking about marketing systems and intake systems and client management systems so that you've got basically a turnkey business that you can hand over. You don't want to be building Joe's Burger Shack. You want to be building a McDonald's. Good luck. Or maybe you just stay employed with the law firm. Partner with Rankings.io, the marketing agency for law firms that want results not excuses with flat rates for google ads a track record ranking attorneys for the most competitive terms on google and a team always easy to reach by phone even during off hours rankings.io is the agency of choice for firms that want the rankings traffic and cases other law firm marketing agencies just can't deliver visit rankings.io for a free consultation and start seeing your firm grow Dot com slash contracts to set up a call with a real live person DocuB will be with you every step of the way yes everyone it took over a year but we're back with episode two of two of live from the playroom as we feature interviews with and performances from musicians real musicians this is maybe my favorite episode type of ours and we're gonna look to do more of these moving forward and at a brisker pace the idea originally started when we wanted to find a way to spotlight live music during the pandemic when live music shows and venues weren't as accessible as they once were and let's be honest we talk about music all the time on this show anyway and i just wanted an excuse to do more of that kind of thing now you might have forgotten why we're calling this live from the playroom. Well, that's because we're kind of a janky operation, and most of these sessions, though not this particular one, will actually be recorded in Legal Toolkit producer Evan DeSherry's playroom at his house. Plus, that's a nice pun right there, and I fucking love puns, let me tell you. So, before introducing our special guest, who also has ties to this very podcast, I wanted to take a moment to shout out our amazing production team at Legal Toolkit, the previously mentioned Evan Deshery, the show's producer, and our engineer, Adam Lockwood. These guys are always willing to support whatever crazy schemes I come up with, and I appreciate it. Maybe it's the pictures I have of them, but I'd like to think it's because we just like to work together. For real, though, episodes like this are incredibly difficult to pull off from a technical perspective. Now, after all that preamble, let me introduce our second ever musical guest on the show, Mark Oblinger. Mark is a Grammy-nominated and Emmy Award-winning singer-songwriter, composer, and producer who's based in Colorado. He's previously also been a member of popular bands like Pure Prairie League and Firefall. Mark is in the process of releasing no fewer than three EPs in the calendar year, including Standing on the Threshold, as he is touring to support those releases as well. Mark, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing
2: great, Jared. How are you doing?
1: I'm awesome. Like, I'm real excited to have you on the show. This oh, is phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, Seriously. Like yeah. and not only that, just talking to you again.
3: Oh,
2: that's
1: right. I feel like we should fill in the backstory here. So this is crazy. Right. Well maybe not super crazy, but you you have worked, continue to work for Legal Talk Network in some capacity. And yes, you I do. used to like edit my shows back in yes. the day. Yes. So I have to ask, like, why were you slumming with us when you can, like, hang out with Rock and Roll Hall of Famers? I mean...
2: <laughs> why not do both? <laughs> that was that was my thing. I, I didn't right. feel like... Well, in the, honestly, what happened was um, I've had a long career and done a bunch of things. And in around 2010, 11, I was working on a jazz thing for kids that mm-hmm. we ended up getting nominated mm-hmm. for a Grammy for. So yes. but it, during that process... I kind of had to shed a bunch of the work that I was doing with other clients. And so we finished the record, we got nominated for a Grammy, it came out, and it did some nice things, but I still needed to go back to work to yeah. you know, just to do the normal thing that we do. And a lot of the sources that I'd used had moved on to different things. So it was like, Well, I need to get a job. And so Adam Camris, <laughs> our your your boss, I'm my, yes. my boss. Adam Cameras. Uh, yes. He put, he is, he put an ad up and uh, I applied for it and, uh, and got the job.
1: Well, inside baseball for the people.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, so I got to get some, I just got to get a, a scant amount of legal talk in here because we're a Legal Talk Network after all. But like, what is it like working with lawyers as guests <laughs> and as hosts? And you're laughing, but like, <laughs> you may know that lawyers have something of a bad reputation. <laughs> Like, what yes. do you like about lawyers and working with them? Because I think there are positive aspects to attorneys, for sure.
2: This whole experience has turned my world around as far as my opinion of lawyers. I mean, as far as, because mm. I, ha- I had a lot of the, you know, the, the but just the, you know, the, the conception of lawyers being...
1: Um, Jerks. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not putting <laughs> words in your mouth.
2: No, not necessarily. <laughs> no, but I mean, just sort of uh, not really connected with people day to day and yeah, and just sort of... What's the lawyer term all the time? It depends. I mean, it was always, oh, yeah. the, there was always the qualifier yeah. with everything that had to happen. <laughs> but um, th- it's interesting. But I mean, when I was in college years ago, the two courses I took before I finally ended up dropping out, I was taking a lot of music classes, but I took a business law class because it oh, fascinated me. And I love, that's what I love about working for Legal Talk is the fact that the issues are usually pretty topical and people are coming right. at it from a, with a lot of really good information. So... I feel like I'm doing part of a public service as far as I, yeah, and I turn people on to it. I say, you should go check this out. We huh. were talking about this issue or that issue and the, the legal perspective was really
1: interesting. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I do have a lot of people who come up to me who aren't lawyers who are like, I listen to the show just because like I learn a lot of stuff. Exactly. That was yeah. pretty good, man. Like I don't yeah. think you rehearsed that because we didn't script this, but like, <laughs> all right, so I want to talk to you a little bit about your music career yeah. because it's super interesting. To, I want to get to like your album when right. we take a break, but like yeah. this year, I was on your website, this year you are releasing three EPs.
2: Well, I'm a little this, bit behind. I'm still, I'm okay. just, I'm just. That's that all right. Was, no pressure. <laughs> that was the plan. I'm just getting out the first one now. And I'm hopefully we'll get to number two by, by Christmas time.
1: Okay. So like, I'm interested in like the EP versus the LP, mm-hmm. right? Like why do you decide to make an EP versus an LP And then, I don't know, when I saw that you were launching three in one year, I'm like, that seems like a lot. Why not just do one album? Like, what goes into, like, the setup of that logistically? That's fascinating to me.
2: Yeah. Well, usually albums, unless you're playing with a band that you're cutting live and getting things done pretty quickly, albums Mm -hmm. take a while if you're a singer-songwriter. They can take a while. And the advantage of the EP or the single anymore is the fact that, oh, Content next month. Here's another, here's a brand new song. Oh, I see right, people right, doing right. that all the time. Just putting singles together and then maybe putting those together into a, an EP, which is what I'm going to do. I already released the, my version of Amy not too long ago. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that and next. Then, yeah, and then, um, and then those, but that'll go on to an EP that will come out, I think, September 25th with three other songs. So and that's be really EP interesting.
1: One. Yeah. Like yeah. you're feeding the content machine, basically. I totally get that. Yes. Yeah. What's funny, I, I was talking to my kids about it the other day and I'm like, this is a great album. And they were like, What's an album? And they don't know like that there's like a collection of songs. Well it's hilarious because like I'm like, Yeah, it's a collection of songs from the same time right. period. String them together, there's like a bigger meaning, right. but they don't know. They just listen to songs. They don't know. Right.
2: Well, yeah. Well, see, so, so you're of the age too where I love albums because all the B-sides would really tell me what the artist was about. The singles are the huh. singles and they have a certain sound to them and they're great and they're, they're off, some most of the time they're really strong work on your on the artist part, but it's yeah. the other pieces that are the ones that are like, "Oh, I really that was the one I really like." And that's when someone comes up to you and says, and they pick that tune off the record and say, "I really like that one. It really you really spoke to me." It's like, "Yes. Thank you so much. That made my week, my year for you huh. that I connected with somebody on that level.
1: I love random B-sides on albums. So <laughs> yeah, like, yes. From, from an artist perspective, it seems like that's an important thing. So you said that like, yeah. if you pick out a B-side an artists like, Oh, thanks for noticing basically. Cause otherwise it's buried. Right.
2: Right. Right. Well, but I mean, that was the thing about having 45s, another thing that your children will have no idea what they are, <laughs> but having a 45 is that, you know, everybody, if you, if you had your 45, everyone knew the B-side on the 45, and probably played it. Yeah. Yes. So,
1: M- yeah. Mark, can I tell yeah. you, like, I, I have had these conversations where I'm like, okay, here's a 45, it needs a little, like, plastic <laughs> circle in the middle, so it'll actually play, like, yes. I've had those I right, We have to yeah. set it to 45 versus 78, like, yeah. thank God someone's finally uh-huh. listening to me. <laughs> so, like, you you alluded to this, like, Pure Prairie League, Amy, A-M-I-E. Go listen yeah. to it if you haven't. One of my absolute favorite songs of yes. all time. Yeah. Country rock, like, classic. It's been covered by a bunch of people. It's been covered by Garth Brooks, for oh, example. Yeah. Yeah. Your version, which is available on your website, yeah. markoblinger.com, it's yes. a totally different take on the song. And... I love it when people take like a cover song and just own it. So what you did with Amy kinda of reminds me a little bit of what Warren Zevon did with uh, Back in the High Life again when he oh, remade gosh. that Steve Winwood song. Yes. Like it was like a much darker tone when he got his hands on it. Yeah. Like so what is your thought process of being like, Okay, I'm gonna take this song and I'm gonna come up with this totally different spin and just make it like my own song.
2: For that song it really had to do with the lyric. I mean there was a, a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine years ago that we were listening to um the Michael McDonald Carly Simon uh, you belong to me song. And oh, yeah. Amy's lyric, I can see why you think you belong to me, and she mm-hmm. she kind of recoiled and this is this idea of possession. And right. so at the same time I had just heard Jolene by Dolly Parton. And and just the pain in that song and the right. and the, the reach for that emotional thing that goes through that. And I just thought, well, what, what would happen if we did, you know, if I, if I borrowed Dolly's idea musically and put that over top, the exact same lyric of yep. Amy. And I think it works really well. I mean, cause it, it just becomes this dark thing and it makes the lyric even, I think it makes the lyric even deeper as far as uh, oh, yeah. questioning what's going on. So um, I agree. It's, yeah. it, it
1: was like a really cool spin. On it. Oh, thank and you. And Jolene, another great song. Oh
2: as well. gosh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sent the the uh, <laughs> I sent the ref to Craig Fuller, who I know, mm-hmm. who was the writer of the song. Yeah. And he said that's interesting, and that was it. <laughs> and he said good luck. And this, so that was the end. You know, that was all I heard from him on it. And because uh, I, I could yeah.
1: go any number of ways, right? <laughs> it's interesting. Good. Interesting, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. He, but he wasn't really. He, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, that's really wonderful and stuff. But I mean, he grew it a different way. And he's. he's right. I've seen him do interviews on that song and talking about. It was just an exercise for him as far as the lyric thing. It was just a Nashville songwriter kind of. Let me yeah. crank this one out, and he hit the money with it because it's a great song just as is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's I love classic it. yeah. Okay, so we've done enough talking So what we're going to do is now You're going to sing a song Okay so I'll shut up And I'll let you do your thing When you're okay. done We'll come back
2: Okay I'm going to sing a song um, Off of the uh, new EP This is called Standing on the Threshold
3: I learned my lesson Long time ago Got to roll with the punches And the past won't let go You can sit all alone dry your river of tears but the pain won't release you when you're wrapped up in fear yeah I know that your heart's got a bad reputation yeah yeah, yeah. come on now but sooner or later you feel that temptation you've been standing on the threshold yeah look Standing on the threshold of love Standing on the threshold of love Standing on the threshold of love Well, love's one big mystery All the twists and the turns You can dance in the fire You know you get burned You can like it all the way Toss away the key But it won't make no difference Cause love's no guarantee I know that your heart's Got a bad reputation You know it does now But sooner or later You feel that temptation You'll be standing on the threshold Yeah Standing on the threshold of love Standing on the threshold of love Standing on the threshold of love ooh, ooh. Step outside your heartache and Wash away the pain, yeah, yeah Let the unexpected your heart again, yeah, 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 oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah yeah yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that your heart's got a bad reputation. Got a bad reputation. But sooner or later you feel that temptation. You'll be standing on the threshold of love, standing on the threshold of love, standing on the threshold of love, standing on the threshold. threshold threshold love standing on the threshold of love standing on the threshold of love yeah
1: all right that was amazing oh, i love that you. one i may i may have a new favorite song be right <laughs> we'll be right back for more of our conversation with mark oblinger Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm with six different ways to track time. Surely one will fit even on the go or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve pay. Getting paid quickly is definitely a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft and more. They all just plug in. Try TimeSolve for free and get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up at Timesolve.com.
0: Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Gee, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's JD McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you. I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet gee, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Gee and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network.
1: Available wherever podcasts are found. Okay. I talked to you before about the EPs. Yeah. Now... What's really interesting to me is you said you did a lot of producing. Yeah. And then this was your debut solo album in 2019, right? High Waterline. Yeah. Like, it's really good. Thank you. Really eclectic. Yeah. But the question is like, same thing as to why you're hanging out with us. Like, why'd you wait so long? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's
2: really a great question. And that's kind of been, I mean, I've been a writer kind of my whole life, but Mm -hmm. I was always a little afraid to step out over the edge. I mean, I, that whole thing about being 20 feet from stardom, I feel like I've been in support roles yeah. my whole time. But the one thing I've always wanted to be was be a good songwriter. And every once in a while, you really hit one, you know, that was good. Yep. And the, I, I got to the point as life went on that I was afraid that if it did not happen, if I wrote songs and they were bad, it would be like, I would be crushed. And I was just afraid to make the leap. I mean, yeah. I was afraid to take the chance. I that. And so I, it's like, finally, it was like, I have a lot of friends that are my age that I've lost a bunch. I mean, mm. there's people that, you know, it, life gets really serious as it always has been. And I realized that and it's like, oh, how long, how long are you going to wait? And it's interesting because I think that the song you're going to play on the way out of this today would be um, the song called Little Bird. And that song yes, was all Yes, which ab- is a great song. Thank I you. I love that song. But that song was all about, you know, standing on this fence. You know, what am I waiting for? It's like, Mm. jump off and get busy and get this done. So, And the greatest thing that's happened to me in the last three years is the fact that I've released this record and I will go out and play shows and people really like the material and to the point where they're singing along after the first chorus and it's like... I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, it's yeah, just amazing. Awesome. And plus you can do, we do a lot of smaller venue, house concert kind of things and stuff like that, where you have 50 or 60 people in there and you can hear a pin drop and people are listening. And if I can connect like that, it doesn't get any better. I mean, it's just, the as an artist, it's it's absolutely wonderful.
1: So that song, in terms of your process, kind of kicked this off and yeah. you were like, okay, I can do this. Like now's the time to make it happen.
2: Right. And I cranked out a bunch of tunes and finished a bunch that were had been sitting there for a while that I couldn't figure out how to get the 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 logs to move down river. And all of a sudden, I would move one of them, and I'm like, "Oh, that's what's that was missing from that tune." And so it all happened.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So okay, so like you mentioned this before, but I think I have this right. You have won five Emmy awards. Is yeah. that Right. Yes. That seems like a lot of Emmy awards. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm personally impressed. Is it? Or are there people out there of like oh, a sixty Emmy Awards? I don't know. It feels like a big deal to me.
2: I, all I know is my five. <laughs> I don't. No, I think there's. You know, I think that there's people that win a lot every year. I mean, I was working on a children's TV show. It was called The Big Green Rabbit, and I think you can still find it online. Oh. I was the music director and composer and a lot of things, and so uh, I got one the one year, and then I think 2008, and then 2009, we I won four that year for writing and oh, editing wow. and stuff so it was good and I was I was working for I was writing for Oprah Winfrey at the time too so there was a bunch of us that really? were doing that yeah I didn't win any Emmys for that show but it's hard it's hard <laughs> you, to
1: crack through that but you, you, yeah. you win four Emmys like you bring your own box at that point <laughs> and just like pile them in <laughs> It
2: was ridiculous. We were—I mean, we were—they were calling names of the things—and uh, for the awards. And I had two of mine back to back, so I went up to get my award. I walked down the stairs, and they were calling the next award, and I just kept in a circle and went up right back up on stage. You got—it was like <laughs> I looking at my kids, who were both teenagers, and I'm like, "Really? What is this?" You're like, yeah. all right,
1: all right. I mean, hey, that's yeah. me again. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Right. And Grammy nominated as well, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: that was for the the jazz record. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm suitably impressed. Yeah. So Oh, thank you. So. You launched this album, High Water Line, in 2019. Yeah. Then you start touring in support of that. And you're going out to the East Coast, even, I saw, before the pandemic. Yes. So, like, you've done the band thing where you've been, like, that side player, as you mentioned. Yes. And now you've done, like, this kind of solo tour. Like, how different is that? Is it, like, crazy to be up there and be like, oh, like... People are paying attention to me yeah. Uh, instead of being like, ah, if I mess up this bass chord, maybe we'll be fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's really true. I mean, they have the spotlight on on you. I mean, because normally, like when I, was, when I was in Firefall, I would have a couple moments. I would, I would sing. I was one of the lead singers because we broke up. Rick Roberts was not in the band at the time. And so, right. Uh, and he was in later on and Ricky, Ricky and I sang a lot of the things together. And Firefall
1: was another band that charted. Yeah, oh, big time.
2: Yeah, they yeah. had a lot of hits, and they're still playing right now. I mean, I, I just got a when my son was born in '92, I got out of the band just because I wanted to be home and be more of a home yeah. dad. So, yeah. um, but they still play. But yeah, it was it's it's like night and day. I mean, the, the, to be the front person or be the artist. I mean, and it and I'm still learning how to wear that, as far as just being taking myself respectfully, seriously enough. right yeah but but also like you know it's it's also no it's just silly me and that's okay too but yeah to honor that the process and follow things through you know just not kind of hide in the corner go yeah here's my little song it's like i can't do that anymore it's like here's my right
1: yeah right you are like yeah yeah exactly like you're you're kind of a big deal now can't be like who's that who's (laughs) that guy that used to dust off in the eagles to sing like the high notes
2: Oh, Randy Miser, yeah, yeah, right. yeah.
1: Like, like this is a different thing. You're yeah. like Don Henley, Glenn <laughs> no. Frey now. <laughs> no, 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 not at all.
2: But I mean, I'm I'm a big I'm a big deal in this room right now. That's about as big as it gets. Yeah.
1: Now you've got upcoming dates, right? Yeah, and mostly in and around Colorado.
2: Well, we we interesting. We played the uh, the state of Montana has a great arts council, and we went up there and played their their thing that they do to get artists. The towns will get together and do a, uh, a showcase. And we went up and played their showcase, and we got a bunch of shows booked for March and May of next year. So, um, for that, and that's, I'm going to build around that as far as, because I'll wait till oh, probably November and then reach out to some, a bunch of different dates that will fill us up into uh, next summer.
1: That's great. So I encourage people if they're around locally go check out Mark. Okay. So yeah. do what you need to do to prepare here, but you got one more song for us. Okay. I think. So can you tell folks what that is and then you can get into it when you're ready.
2: So yeah, let's we're going to do um this is my arrangement of Amy. As I say, I got to sing it when I was when I toured with Pure Prairie League briefly in '85. And it's such a beloved song. So to do what we've done to it is a little sacrilegious, but I think it, you know I think it's interesting and, and it' it's the exact same lyric so you can actually sing along it's just the, the chords underneath it are a little bit different
3: well I can see why you think you belong to me I never tried to let you think of Let you see one thing For yourself Now you're Off with someone else And I'm alone See I Thought that I might keep you For my own Amy What you want to do I think Stay with you for a while, maybe longer. If I do, if I do. Now, don't you think the time is right for us to find all the things you thought weren't proper? could be right in time can you see which way we should turn together all alone I can never see what's right or what is wrong don't take too long to see Amy what you want to do yeah I think I could stay with you for a while maybe longer if I do if I do oh falling in and out of love Ooh, Come to what you want You've had your way All the things You thought before Just faded into grey Can you see That I don't know If it's you Or if it's me If it's one of us I'm sure We both will see you want to do, yeah, I think I could stay with you for a while, maybe longer, longer if I do, Amy, what you want to do, yeah, I think I could stay with you for a while, I keep falling in and out of love with you Falling in and out of love with you I don't know what I'm gonna do I keep falling in and out of love With you
1: That was amazing. <laughs> thank you. That was a, that was a really cool arrangement. Oh, thank, thank, you. thank I, you. I really yeah. enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's definitely different, but I think it. Uh, I, I and I told people the last time we played live, I said uh, you can sing along, and I because I realize you can because Linda's really basically singing the same melody, so it's just that the, yeah. the chords underneath it are dark.
1: Yeah, you've done some really unique things with that. That's oh, really thank awesome. You. And, thank you. you know, I, re- I really appreciate you coming back on the show oh, after all these years. Thank
2: you. In sort of a different way. But I was always in the, I was always behind the scenes before. Right. I was, right.
1: Yeah. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah, I now you're the guy. <laughs> now, listeners, next oh. episode, we'll be back with our regular format. But don't get too comfortable because we're going to do this again and again. Mark Oblinger's latest single, Amy which you've just heard is out now on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Seriously, check it out. As you heard, it's a new spin on a classic song, which is really phenomenal. You can find out more about Mark's catalog and buy his albums and singles and EPs through his website, markoblinger.com. Let me spell that for you. M-A-R-K, Mark. That's the easy part. Oblinger, O-B-L-I-N-G-E-R, markoblinger.com. Now, Don't forget to listen to Mark's Spotify playlist, where he's got some great tunes. That's right. It's Mark Oblinger's choice cuts. The choicest of cuts, in fact. As we roll credits here, take a listen to Little Bird from Mark's 2019 album, High Water Line, which started it all.
3: got to <laughs>